It's time to hit the road. Whether the destination is certain or the adventure is in the unknown. The open highway beckons. Leave it all behind and wonder. Where this journey will take you. Well, good morning and welcome again. And I want to say welcome to those of you who are joining us online. I want to say welcome to obviously all of you in the room. And I want to say a very special welcome to our Shakopee campus as well. I hope you know that you are close and dear to my heart. My name is Tony Sconza and I actually get to serve as our campus pastor out in Shakopee. And and that's why that place is close to my heart. Uh, But I'm excited to be able to join with you this morning as we uh, get to talk about a couple of things that I'm very passionate about. But I also know that this weekend is a very special weekend for all of us as we get to celebrate this holiday weekend called the 4th of July. And I have to tell you up front that the 4th of July is one of my top three holidays that we get to celebrate together. First of all, it is summer in Minnesota, so that's worth celebrating right there. And secondly, unlike the rest of the holidays where you just might exchange presents or eat a big turkey we get to blow things up together. I mean, is there a better way to celebrate a holiday than blowing up some things together? Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. But seriously, uh, on, on a much more serious note, I would just say this. I am so grateful for this weekend because what this weekend means for me is that we have the freedom to gather together in a room like this and worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together. And that is something I don't take for granted because I know not every nation has the opportunity and the comfort to come together like this and worship Jesus. And that is worth celebrating. This morning, I want to give you just a little bit of a preview on where we are going this morning. this, uh, This talk, I hope to tell you a story that will lead to us discussing two very important questions. Two questions that I have wrestled with myself in my own life. Two questions that I've learned from other pastors and other people along the way from. And the first question is this, is what is God up to in seasons of silence in our lives? In those seasons in our lives where it feels like we have prayed and prayed and prayed, and God doesn't seem to be answering our prayers, that we've prayed and prayed and prayed, and it just seems like those prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and coming right back down to us. I want us to ask the question, what is God up to in seasons like that? And secondly, I want to ask this question. What are we personally supposed to do in the midst of seasons like that? When God seems like he is silent, where he seems like he is absent, what are we to do in the midst of seemingly silence like that? But to begin, I want to ask a much simpler question. And the question is this. Have you ever had a bad day? Have you ever had a bad day? Go ahead, raise your hand. Raise your hand online and in Shakopee if you've ever had a bad day. If you're not raising your hand right now, the rest of us corporately would just like to say, Really? Never had a bad day. Okay. Just want to follow you around for a little bit. For me, I experienced a bad day the other day, uh, two weeks ago. And I will tell you, in my family, we celebrate a holiday each and every week. And this holiday is called Guy Day 
Friday, okay? And uh, typically during the school year, my wife goes off to work, and I am left to spend the entire day with our two-and-a-half-year-old son, Samuel. And we get to celebrate this day together by doing a few things. Usually we eat donuts together in the morning, breakfast of champions, and, uh, and then we go on, and we go on to the YMCA, and we run around the YMCA for a little bit, or maybe we go to uh, Nickelodeon Universe in the Mall of America, and we do some activities. We always have lunch at our favorite restaurant, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Milkshakes will change your life. And then we always take naps in the afternoon, okay? Because one of the two of us always is cranky <laughs> if we don't get our nap. So... I take naps. Well, this past Friday, we actually celebrated in a special way. I got to take our son Samuel fishing for the very first time. And we went out on the boat, and it was this beautiful, amazing day. And I just felt like it was just perfect. And the day started off amazing as we caught one sunfish after another sunfish after another sunfish after another sunfish. And I thought, this day is going to be perfect. In fact, I think we have a picture of my son with his very first fish. Yeah. Good little fisherman there. He's looking good with Spider-Man on that life jacket. You know, that's how we roll. And then, in a moment, everything turned on a dime because Daddy accidentally caught a large fish, a relatively large fish, a bass right here. And you see him uh, holding his bass. And let me just tell you, he loved this fish, okay? He thought this was amazing. I I wish uh, he actually gave this fish a kiss. I I didn't miss that one in the the picture taking. But as I put that fish back into the water and he watched that thing swim away, I could tell there was a sadness with that that fish swimming away. And so uh, he looked at me and he brought me down to about his height he had a little bit of a scowl on his face, and he looked at me, and he said, Daddy, more big fish. (laughs) And with that, the pressure was on, okay? Every little fish, every sunfish after that point in time I caught was met with this, like, face of, like, disapproval. (laughs) It's not big, Daddy. Put it back. Like... And so for those of you who are fishing on the 4th of July this weekend, good luck. I hope you catch lots of big fish, okay? Uh, But this perfect day for me turned into a bad day. This day uh, that was supposed to be so precise and great ends up being a little bit of a bad day. And the reality is for all of us, we've experienced these bad days. We've experienced days that we thought were going to be amazing and they end up turning out so differently. And they come around more often than we would like. My question for us this morning, though, is have you ever experienced a bad day that became a bad week, that became a bad month, that became a bad season? And this bad season was complicated because in the midst of this complicated bad season, it seemed like God was somehow silent. He was somehow absent in the midst of this season. He somehow was disconnected, disinterested, and it seemed like he was unattentive to this season, this difficult season in your life. Well, if you've ever experienced this, I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here today. I don't think it's a coincidence at all, because I believe that we are going to discover what God is often up to in the midst of those seasons. But I would ask you this, if you have ever thought any one of these thoughts. I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here today. If you've ever thought God is not paying much attention to me right here in this place, I I think you're in good company. 
I would say it this way. I, I know that many of us at different times have experienced tough seasons, whether those are financial seasons or relational seasons or career seasons, where it just seems like, God, are you paying attention down here? Are, are, are you even noticing what's going on around here? Or maybe you've thought this of God at one time or another. You just feel like he is taking his sweet time to answer your prayer. You've prayed and prayed and prayed, and it just seems like God is moving so slow. Maybe you've thought this before. Have you ever thought that God seems to be answering everyone else's, everyone else's prayers but yours? It seems like your house is the only house in the, in the entire neighborhood that hasn't sold. And every other house is sold but yours. And you're just like, God, why are you answering everybody else's prayer but mine? Maybe you seem like you're, you're in, the, you're in your, the corporate world and your career has just stood still. And you see everybody else is getting these promotions. Everybody else moving up in their career. Everybody else getting these bonuses. And you're like, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Why aren't you allowing me to move forward? Maybe you're a college student or a young adult and you just feel like everyone else has their entire career mapped out. And you're still just looking to God saying, hey, will you just give me an indication? Will you give me an idea of the direction that I'm supposed to go? Well, maybe you have thought this. Maybe in prayer, as you had prayed and prayed and prayed. And you didn't hear anything on the other end of the line. And after a season of praying and praying and praying, maybe you decided that there must not be a God on the other end. And this might just be your story. You prayed and prayed and prayed, and you just felt and you heard God's silence and you felt his absence, and you decided that there must not be a God, and you ended up walking away from Christianity or walking away from the church. But you find yourself here today. Let me tell you, I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here today. Because this morning, I want us to look at a passage where we're going to discover a season where God would have seemed silent to the Israelites, to the Hebrew people, to this group of people who God made this very special relationship with. A group of people who are accustomed to hearing the voice of God in their lives over and over and over again. But in this season, God goes silent. And I believe as we look at this passage, if we can discover what God was up to in the midst of this season of silence, I believe it will give us a clue, a hint, an idea of what God is up to in the midst of our lives as we experience seasons of silence ourselves. To begin, I want us to look at a passage, and it's in Galatians 4, and if you have your Bibles, go ahead and begin to turn with me there. And as you're turning, I just want to give you just a tiny bit of context to what's happening. Galatians was a letter, it was written by a guy named Paul, who was an early church leader. He was a missionary, he was a church planter, and he was an apostle, and he was writing to this area called Galatia. He was writing primarily to correct uh, some false teachings of these guys called Judaizers. And this is where we pick up this passage. It's in Galatians 4, 4, and it says this. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, 
prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now, you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. First question I want us to begin to discuss is what is God up to in the midst of seasons of silence? And I believe for us to discover the answer to this question, we have to find out exactly what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, at just the right time, God sent his son. At just the right time. What did Paul mean by this? Well, for those of you who are familiar with the Bible, you know that the Bible is separated into two testaments. There is an Old Testament and there is a New Testament. And for us, at the end of the Old Testament, when we see the prophet Malachi uh, bring his, his book to a close, and we see this four-chapter book come to an end, and for us, it is simply a turning of the page where we go from Malachi into Matthew, into the New Testament. In this simple turning of the page, we see Jesus break into human history, and the story t- continues. But I believe that we have to slow this simple turning of the page down. Because in this slow turning of the page, there are nearly 400 years that take place. 400 years that take place between the ending of the prophet Malachi and into the gospel of Matthew. And I have to imagine, we have to imagine, that if we were Israelites, if we were the Hebrew people, these people with a special relationship with God, this is a group of people who were very accustomed to hearing the voice of God in their lives over and over and over again. They would have heard from prophets who would have spoken on behalf of God. They, they would have heard from their national leaders who would have spoken for God as well. They probably at least heard stories or experienced God's very presence in their own lives. But then, as the, the Old Testament comes to a conclusion, it seems like all of a sudden God goes silent. And I have to imagine that the Israelites, this group of people, this nation, they would have been an occupied nation. And I have to imagine that they, time and time again, would have cried out to God and asked for God to send a Messiah, to God to send a rescuer, a savior, to come and bring them out of this season of being occupied. And all that they seem to hear on the other end is silence. So what is God up to in the midst of this silence? What was God up to in the midst of the silence? I believe from history, we can discover that God was doing three things behind the scenes. And the first one, if you're familiar with the intertestamental period, you will know that there was a shifting of power. We see that Babylon was the world superpower and it moves to Persia. But in a short time after Persia becomes the world's superpower, we see this guy who many of us are familiar with from history classes called Alexander the Great comes to to power. And he quickly takes over the entire known world. Most historians will tell you there has never been a better military mind and strategist than Alexander the Great. And so he takes over the entire known world. And before he passes away, he makes a declaration, he makes a decree that the entire known world is going to have a common language. 
And that language is Koine Greek. I believe that God does two other things behind the scenes as well. The Roman Empire, uh, a few years later, comes to power. And the Roman Empire in this season does two things that I think are significant for, for this discussion. The first one is they declare Pax Romana, which simply means military peace. It's, it's ruled with an iron fist, but there aren't wars during this season. And we see that they begin to develop roads throughout the entire Roman Empire. So what was God up to in the midst of this season of silence? Well, I believe God was up to what all of us have experienced when we have gone to plays. When you go to a play, you see the first act of the play play out, and you experience it all, and then all of a sudden there is an intermission. There is a time where the the curtain comes close, and you get out of your seats, and you go back to the hallways, and you have your uh, favorite uh, candy, and I would have Reese's Pieces because they're amazing, and uh, you have popcorn, and and you have pop, and, and you enjoy. But while that curtain is closed, What we see happening is the stagehands are rearranging the entire stage behind the curtain. And so when you come back to your seats and the curtain draws back up, the entire scene is reset for the story to continue, for the story to move forward in just the way they want it to. See, what I believe God was up to in these 400 years was he was closing the curtain. And he would have seemed silent to the Israelites. But he was never still. He was at work behind the scenes beginning to put things in just the right place. See, as we move into the story of Matthew and we see Jesus come into human history, we see that he is born of a virgin and he grows up and he lives this perfect, sinless life. And he dies on the cross on our behalf for the forgiveness of sins. We see him ascend into heaven. And then we see him launch forth his church. And his church moves forward with such momentum and it is catapulted out. And we see thousands of people come to become uh, Uh, Christians, we see them come to know the name of Jesus Christ. They see the gospel, that there is grace by faith through Jesus Christ. And we see this movement explode throughout the entire known world. And it reaches all the way to us here at Hosanna in Minnesota. So how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, I believe that God was orchestrating behind the scenes in just a perfect way to set the stage for his purpose, his plan, and his will to be fulfilled in this world. Because what we see happens is Alexander the Great created this common language. And why this is important is because the New Testament is primarily written in Koine Greek. And so as the movement and as the, the church launches out, the early church pastors and leaders are able to send out these letters in Koine Greek, and everyone can understand what they are saying. So the message goes out quickly. 
And then we see that there is this military peace over the entire known world. And so missionaries and church leaders and church planters are able to go out and bring this gospel to people everywhere without the fear of war and battle. And then ultimately, there are these uh, wonderful roads that they can travel further and faster and further and faster to reach the entire known world. And if there's anything we know that we can be grateful for is roads here in Minnesota. Can I get an amen on that one? Uh, Let me just tell you, I moved back uh, to the Twin Cities from Atlanta two years ago, and I had heard the joke time and time again that we really only have two seasons here in Minnesota, and they are winter and road construction. But let me tell you, this summer I feel like I've experienced it like none other. I think it took me like 15 minutes just to get on the freeway the other day to try and get there. I believe that God in this season was orchestrating the events. They were moving and setting the stage. And even though that God seemed silent in the midst of the season to the Israelites, he was never still. And so if you find yourself in the midst of a season of silence, where it feels like God is absent, whether that's a relational season, whether that's a health season, whether that's a financial season, I would tell you, I believe that although it seems like God is silent, that the curtain is closed. I believe he is at work in your life, setting the stage in just a way so that at just the right moment when he draws the curtain back and this season comes to a close and it will come to a close, that you are perfectly positioned for God's purpose, for God's plan, and for God's will to be lived out in your life. That's what I believe God was up to in this season, these 400 years of of silence to the Israelites. He was moving all of earth in order for us to be able to hear the gospel message. But not only that, but I, oh, and I want you to hear this as well, that it's amazing that God's timing is ever so perfect in the midst of this. Because just imagine with me for a moment If Jesus would have come any earlier, there wouldn't have been this common language for these letters to go out and for people to be able to understand them. And if he comes much later, this idea of Pax Romana, military peace, doesn't last forever. He came at just the right time, at just the right time, to fulfill God's plan, purpose, and will in this world. Came at just the right time. Friends, I believe that God's timing is always perfect. If you find yourself in a season of silence, that sometimes can be hard to hear. But I believe that God is never too early and he is never too late. His timing is absolutely perfect. But sometimes I want to negotiate God's timing with him. It reminds me a little bit of of my relationship with my wife. I love her dearly. I definitely married up in life. I want you to know that. Um, But when we were dating, I was always amazed at my wife's timeliness. Uh, Of course, we were just dating at the time, but it seemed like no matter what uh, I had planned for the evening, she seemed to be uh, on time for the event. She seemed to be dressed in just the proper attire for us to go out on this date, and, and I was just always blown away by it. 
What I would later learn is when I would go to go pick up my wife from, from her parents' house, um, she had two sisters, and the two sisters would look from a window high up above, and they would see me get out of the car, and they would realize what I'm wearing, and they would take inventory, and then they would dress her appropriately based on what I was wearing. And so they would quickly like rearrange, get her outfit just right, fix up the makeup and get her hair all done and ready to go to go out to, uh, to dinner or wherever we were going. Let me tell you this. <clears throat> A little while later in marriage, when she doesn't have two sisters to dress her, <laughs> her timeliness isn't quite as great anymore. I'm just going to say that. We have a constant discussion on what on time means. I think on time means on time, and she thinks on time means 30 minutes later than you should be there, right? You know, that's just how we, how we work. But I will tell you oftentimes, particularly in seasons of silence, I have begun to try and negotiate a timeline with God. But God is the one being who can see the past, the present, and the future all together. And his timing is always perfect. Friends, I don't know what your season of silence looks like. But if I can encourage you with anything, I know that he is not still. That God is at work behind the scenes working in your life. I know that our God is a God who is for you. I know that our God is a God who's with you. I know that our God is a God who is faithful and has been faithful throughout the generations and he will be faithful to you. I know it doesn't seem like it, but he is not still in the midst of this season. Not only did God move all of earth in order for you to hear the gospel message, but I believe God moved all of heaven as well. If we continue in our passage, we will see in verse 5 here that God bought our freedom. It says this, God sent, him, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that, we, that he could adopt us as his very own children. So you have to imagine what it must have been like to be God. See, from all of eternity, there was this loving heavenly father and he was re- in relationship with this loving Son, and they were in this perfect relationship. But in order to buy our freedom, God had to send his one and only son to die on our behalf in order that we could be brought into a right relationship with him, in order that we could be adopted as children of the Most High God. Let me tell you, that must have taken an extraordinary amount of love for our Heavenly Father to send a son on our behalf. God loves you. So incredibly much. He withheld nothing in order to come and rescue you. I have a son, you've already seen him. His name's Samuel, and he is a curly, blonde haired little boy with blue eyes, and he's truly one of the joys of my life. But when he was little, one of the things I remember most about him is as he was just figuring out to walk, he would kind of pitter-patter across our hardwood floors. But he was um, scared to death of the doorbell. 
And so when someone would come to the doorbell and ring the doorbell, I would watch him just run across the hardwood floors as quickly as he could, and he would wrap his arms around my leg, and he would look at me, and he would say, Daddy, hold me, hold me. Of course, I would swoop him up, and I would grab him into my arms, and let me tell you, whoever was coming through that door was going to have to come through me before they got to him, okay? Of course, 90% of the time, it was just the mailman, but I was here just in case. I would hold him. But if you told me that I had to give up my son in order to save a group of people, let me tell you, I would think long and hard about that. But God, God loves you so much. He freely offered it his son on your behalf so that you could be called children of his. Friends, in the silence, I believe God was moving all of earth and all of heaven in order that you could be called a children, child of the most high king. That's what I believe God was up to in the midst of this 400 years of silence. But I want us to answer the second question because this question is also very critical. Because I believe if we can align what God is doing behind the scenes and what we are supposed to do in the midst of the season of silence, I believe our lives will be positioned in such a way to be used by the kingdom of God and by his and by God our Lord and Savior in such a way that it'll make a massive impact on people's lives. So I think this question is critical for us. I believe for us in the midst of seasons of silence, we have to live up to exactly what this passage calls us. We are called children of his. And this title is given to us. We are given the opportunity to cry out to God, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. We have an intimate relationship with him. But how do we live this out? How do we live out this calling, this title that has been placed on us? I believe that we have to begin to do what children always have to do, and that is to learn to trust their parents. And this is a hard thing for children to do. It doesn't matter what age they're at. It is hard for children to trust their parents because parents' perspectives are so much different than children's perspective. When I try and convince my son to stop playing with the, the mud, uh, mud pies in order to come over here and go to Nickelodeon Universe with me, it takes a lot of convincing. It's hard for him to trust me because he doesn't know my perspective. But God is a God who has a perspective better than anyone else. He is worth trusting even in the midst of seasons of silence where it feels like he is absent. A very simple way that I would say it is this. I would say, when you hear God's silence and you feel his absence, trust that he hears you and he's near you. Trust that he hears you and he's near you. It reminds me a little bit, I used to have a, a dog, her name was Skye, and she was a yellow lab mutt. And we would oftentimes go for walks, particularly when she was a puppy, we'd go for walks. And I remember coming up to busy intersections, and when she was a little puppy, when we would approach the busy intersection, she would just see the loudness and the cars whizzing back and forth and in and out. And she would actually try and pull herself out of her collar and try and run away, because she didn't realize what was happening. 
See, from my perspective, I saw a system. I saw that there were red lights and I saw that there were green lights for the cars to stop and go. I saw that there was a painted crosswalk where it was safe for me to cut across. I saw that there was a sign that would tell me when it was safe to walk and when I shouldn't walk as well. But from her perspective, she just saw the busyness of the road and the loudness of what was happening. It took her years to begin to trust me as we would go for our walks. But after time and time and time and time, she eventually would simply trust me. She would walk right near me, right next to my hip, and cross those crosswalks with ease. See, I believe what God is asking us to do in the midst of seasons of silence is for us to begin to trust him as a heavenly father whose perspective is so much greater than ours. That he is at work behind the scenes and there will be a time where this season of silence comes to an end. But in between now and then, we are to walk hand in hand with him, allowing, us, allowing him to guide us through life. I will tell you, if you find yourself in a season of silence, this can be a much harder thing to do than it is for me to say. But I will also tell you this. For the last two years, my family and I have been walking through a season of silence. See, two and a half years ago, we got to invite our son Samuel into the world, and, and it was an awesome day. But my wife and I have often, well, let's just say it. I've said we should have two or three kids. She's always said three or four kids. I'm always like, hmm, we'll think about that. So shortly after our son was born, we, uh, we began to do everything in our means to try and have a second child. And I tell you, we began to pray and pray and pray for that second child. And days soon became weeks. That became months. That became years. We continued to pray in this season of silence. It was just earlier this year that I got the opportunity to, to go into the doctor, and we uh, went into the doctor, and as we went into the doctor's office, um, we got to hear a little heartbeat beating inside my wife's womb. But friends, I will tell you, it was just a few short weeks later that we went back into the doctor's office. And after hearing a few red flags along the way, the doctor finally brought out that portable ultrasound machine. And as he went to go find that little baby's heartbeat, we heard nothing but silence. I will tell you, there's been very few times in my life where I have felt God's silence or his absence in my life like that. I remember sitting in that room with tears streaming down my eyes and beginning to question God and say, why, why? Do you see what's happening here? 
Why would you allow this to happen? I remember going out into the hallway with my wife, and we prayed, we cried together. I remember driving home from the doctor's office, just tears streaming down our face. I remember having dinner that night and trying to eat a little bit of something. I remember laying our son Samuel down that night and we, uh, we read books and we prayed a prayer together. And I remember as we finished praying that prayer, I went to go shut the door behind me. And as I was walking out, I was about to shut the door, I heard Samuel yell out and he said, sing song, sing song, daddy. He didn't often do that, so I walked back into the room. My wife came back in with me. I said, hey, buddy, what song do you want to sing? He said, Jesus loves me. I will tell you, it didn't feel like Jesus loved me in that moment. But as we sang out the words that Jesus does love us, there was a thought that dawned on me. And the thought was this. Moments of silence when we are most tempted to ask the question, why? God responded to our question, why, in a really unique way. He responded to the question, why, with a who. And his name is Jesus Christ. See, when Jesus Christ comes on to the scene, he is given the name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And he is with us. And he is for us. And he is faithful. And we can see throughout the generations that he has been faithful to us. Friends, I know as I share this story of God's silence in my life, This is one of the great fears of any expecting parents. No matter matter what you're facing in life, whatever fears and anxieties that you might have, I would just tell you right now that God is with you, that God loves you so infinitely more than we could ever hope or imagine. And he is with you. He's walking alongside you even in this season of silence, that he is working behind the scenes, that although he seems silent, he is not still. Wish there was a happy ending to this story. We are still in the season of silence, but we are trying to do what God, I believe God has called us to do, and that is this, that if we allow God to work behind the scenes in the season of silence, when the curtain is closed, and, and he moves our lives in just the right way. And if we begin to trust him as a child of the Most High King, we trust him that God will place us perfectly in this position where we will be used for his purpose, for his plan, and his, for his will. And that will come about, and the kingdom of God will be grown and expanded because of this. So friends, if you find yourself a season of silence. I believe God would call you to say, hey, walk hand in hand with me through this season. Trust me. My perspective is greater. 
walk with me. The season of silent won't last forever. I'm working behind the scenes to position your life in just a way to be used for my sake. (laughs) I also say this, if you are in a season of silence, you don't have to walk through the season of silence alone. Allow us as a church to walk alongside you. In just a moment here, we're going to have trained prayer ministers up front who absolutely would love to pray for you in this season. I know for me, I have experienced God most fully through other people. And in this season of silence for me, it has been people like Pastor Ryan and Pastor Julia who have been able to walk alongside me to remind me that God is with me, that God is for me, that God has been faithful and God will be faithful. So allow us to walk alongside you to remind you of this. If you are in a season now when it seems like God is speaking loud and clear to you right now, I would tell you as a person who's walking through a season of silence, we need you. We need you to remind us where you see God in our lives, where you see that God is with us, where you see that God is for us, and where God has continued to be faithful. Please speak loudly to us. More than anything else from this morning, I want you to know, even when God seems silent, he is never still. And when, when you hear his silence and you feel his absence, you can trust that he is near you and he hears you because he has moved all of heaven and all of earth in order that you could be called children of the Most High King. Let me pray for us. Gracious, mighty God. I thank you so much for that even in seasons of silence, you are not still, that you are working in our lives to orchestrate events in just the way so that we might be used for your plan, for your purpose, and for your will, Father. And we ask, Lord, that for those of us who are experiencing seasons of silence, I pray, Lord, that you would be present, that you would be real to them, that you would wrap them in your arms of love, maybe like never before. And for those of us who aren't in a season of silence, allow us to walk alongside those who are, to continue to point out your faithfulness, that you are with us and that you are for us. We pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Will you now please stand for a closing blessing? And friends, as always, we're going to have trained prayer ministers up front who are caring, loving individuals who would love to pray for you for any reasons. But particularly if you're in a season of silence, please come forward. Please let us pray for you. But now receive this blessing. Remember that it is by God's goodness you were born. Remember that it's by Jesus Christ's mercy you have been redeemed. Remember that it is the Holy Spirit who walks beside you to guide you, to direct you, to comfort you, and to strengthen you. Remember that he has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. Remember that his name is Emmanuel, that he is God with us and he is with you. Now go forth and serve in his mighty name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.